Hey there, I am so super excited you are with us today. I want you to get ready for a totally unique and mind-blowing show today. Today we're going to jump right in in a minute with our guests to really reveal how you can discover your superpower and maybe your kryptonite too because that's important to know as well. And perhaps by the end of the show, you'll be able to fly faster than a speeding bullet, as I like to say. And we're, we're, we're going to do a little mini, mini demonstration. But whether you're listening to the show, this podcast on Apple or Stitcher, or you're watching it on uh, YouTube, you can also see it at fallingupradio.com. You can go right there, see the videos, see a bunch more information about our, our guests but one thing I want you to do, regardless of where you're listening, is make sure you have a notepad today. Because our guest is going to share so many great ideas and tips with us. Now, first, let me tell you a little bit about who we have today. I didn't meet our guest until a couple of months ago. We were at a mastermind together and spent a few days together. And I really enjoy talking to our guests, and we, we really hit it off, and we've had several conversations since then, and I knew I needed to bring him on the show. Our guest, Ridgely Goldsboro, is really an international speaker that inspires audiences all over the world. He's well sought after, and he's developed really cutting-edge breakthrough-type programs talking about avatars and mind types, which we're going to talk about today. And, you know, I wrote all these notes. I want to make sure I, I didn't miss anything. Um, and rumor has it, I heard this, rumor has it that his wife is jealous of his shoe, shoe collection because they're all so dazzling and incredible. So kudos to his, his wife on that. Uh, Ridgely, welcome to the show where we talk about falling up and how anyone can really overcome any challenge in life and really use the challenge to move forward. So welcome to our show. Glad you can make it. Thank you so much, Michael. I'm very excited to be here and to spend some time with all of the fabulous people listening and watching. Yeah. I want to jump right, right, right in today. Now, you know, again, this is Falling Up Radio. This is a place where, where people really discover and hear stories and conversations about other people that have struggled, that have challenged, and yet overcame that in some way. And I know as a child that you, you found yourself um, in really an abusive situation, abusive stepfather that drank too much, that was hit, hitting you with the belt. But something came out of that really fascinating other than, you know, the, the cruelty of bruises and, and welts and everything else. So can you share with the listeners a little bit about how that really changed your life, so to speak? Well, it, it, it was tremendously difficult. What happened was my mother um, had an asthmatic condition. And when I was eight years old, growing up in Switzerland at that point, one night her diaphragm collapsed. And all of a sudden, she couldn't breathe. In other words, she could not breathe out. She could suck air in, but she couldn't breathe out. So I had to take my little hands and put them under her chest and push the air back out again so she could breathe in again. And then I would push the air out. And then an ambulance came and took her away and left me with my little brothers wondering if we would ever see her again alive. And the next day, my grandmother, who was very wealthy, arrived from the United States and... 
she was not really into little kids. She was in the, she came from the old school of children are to be seen, but not heard, right? So she didn't stay very long. And of course she had to figure out a way to take care of my mom. So she hired a guy. She hired this guy to tote around the oxygen tank, those massive things that you had to carry around. Um, she was, my mom was on those about six to eight hours a day. It's the only way she could stay alive. And everything was okay for the first couple of years until the nature of their relationship changed. And all of a sudden they got married. And suddenly because he was now my stepfather, he felt like he had the right to beat up on me and my little boy and my little brothers. And I remember it was crazy, right? At, he'd say, go out and play by six o'clock, be back here. And literally Michael at five minutes to six would be standing outside the front door waiting for the bells to ring in the church steeple in the square because we were not going to go in the house one minute earlier than necessary and have to see him, nor were we ever going to be one minute late to risk his wrath and a beating. And when I walked through the door, I had about nine seconds to figure out, is he drunk? And if so, how drunk? Is he angry? And if so, at who? And what do I need to do to protect my little brothers from his belt? So this is not exactly something you can ever get rid of during this lifetime. And as we have our conversation about mind types, clearly this experience shaped mine in a very big way, as all of our experience shaped each of our different sure. And I, I want to ask you something. I, I heard you say that you had about nine seconds to assess the situation. And that part of that assessment was what can you do to protect your, your brothers? Mm-hmm. Um, did you take more the wrath of the beatings than your brothers? Always. I was the oldest and I did everything in my power to take the, the wrath and the beatings away from them, if that was at all possible. Well, Ridgely, I, I, I want to say when, when I hear situations like that, and, and particularly hearing yours right now, I want to say that you're a hero to your brothers for no, doing it. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate you. Yeah, I know they appreciated it. Also, I remember Michael. Sometimes he was so verbally abusive that mm. I would provoke him standing in my underwear on the tile floor in the living room just so he would hit me, so that I could pretend like I really hurt and cry and go to bed. Mm. Not fun. No, no. So, and I also wanted to. I know that you you found a unique way of your own to begin to deal with that. Can you tell the listeners what would happen when you go into your room after yeah, those? I started writing. I had created my own little world. Uh, nobody could get into my world. It was my world. It was me, a pen, a notepad, books, uh, whatever, poetry. And I would go into that space and I could hide and I could just be my little old self with nobody bothering me in a world that I created on my own. Yeah. So it would, I heard you say that you would write poetry. What was it? Dark poetry? Was it dark stories? Were you journaling? What were you doing? You know, I, I, I didn't have rules for writing other than this is an outlet. So mm -hmm. much of it was dark because my situation was dark. But on the other hand, sometimes it would be fantastical. And the fantastical ideas would soar. I remember my wealthy grandmother gave me a sailboat and I learned to sail when I was very young and I would take my sailboat out and I would literally leave in the morning with a backpack with some food and some water and some whatever and go out into the Mediterranean Sea. We were living in Spain at that time 
And I wouldn't come back until it was getting dark, right? And on those journeys being out to sea by myself, I was like Hemingway's The Old Man and The Old Man in the Sea, way off somewhere. I would come up with these stories and these ideas and then I would write them down and, and it, they became you know, parts of journals, parts of little vignettes, what have you. And then eventually leading to writing 17 books so far. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk to you or ask you about next is all the books you've written. And can you tell the listeners like what some of the books are about and maybe how one or two of them came about? So, so this, the one that is, has the best story, actually, I have a copy right here, is The Great Ones. The Great Ones is a story of mentorship. And what makes it unique is there's an old man who is the mentor in this story. But I will share with your listeners that there was no old man. The, the lessons from the old man were the lessons that I got when I embraced personal growth and personal development beginning at the age of 23. And all those lessons came together into a character, the old man who taught the boy life lessons. So. Wow. It was a series of mentors uh, that created the old man, but this is the story of my war with my stepfather. Wow, yeah. And what, what about some, some of your, your other books? Are they more, are some of them business marketing or what, what are they about? Yeah, so, so this particular one right here is about how to do online joint ventures. This one's called JV Hacking, how to make uh, insider secrets to making a fortune through joint venture relationships. And then I have, this one's called The Why Engine. Wrote that all about helping people, really organizations figure out their why. I still do quite a lot of that work. And now, now let's here. stop there for a minute. You say you do a lot of that, the, the why work. You're doing some workshops or you've done quite a bit of uh, workshops and masterminds surrounding that? In 35 countries so far. 35 countries. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we hear all the time about why, 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 what's your why? Why the hell is why so important? Well, you know, if you think about it, it started really young, Michael. You remember when you were about this big? And it's yeah. like, mom, why, mom, why, why, why? Oh, yeah. why? I think it went back to that question of the, what are we here for? What is the meaning? What is the purpose? I think is a big one. Um, what is kind of fun is that what shaped that inside also created your mind type, which is what we're going to be talking about a little bit more today. And, and, and for everybody that is watching or listening, I will make sure, Michael will make sure that you have a way to figure out yours before we end this. So don't Absolutely. worry. It, it's a, the promise is there. Yeah, yeah, good. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about this. I really, I, I look at, examples of nature and I believe nature teaches us so much if we listen we don't always listen but one of the real simple lessons of nature is seeds and you know seeds grow in the dark underground yep you know, and somehow they know how to go up and break the ground they may not even know that that's there but somehow infinite intelligence gets them to go that way so, like, I want to come back a, a little bit about your experience with your stepfather. That, to me, was seeds growing in the dark. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason that that was, was all happening, you went into your room, you started writing, you became an, an author of 
17 books now, and probably more in, in the future as well. To me, that was a seed growing in the dark, that dark time of your life, but something really great came out of that. I think so. And I think that the most of us could find that in our lives if we were willing to go there and look deeply enough. There's yeah. hardly anybody that's really had a perfect childhood or a perfect upbringing or a perfect ride. And yeah. in those dark moments, in that obscurity, is I think where you can actually find the light, right? It's crazy. And it, ha it can happen slowly or it can happen quickly. I love the Buddhist analogy. I'm a Buddhist. So there's a Buddhist analogy that says, a cave that has been dark for 10,000 years becomes instantly illuminated with a single candle, right? So you never know where that illumination, that enlightenment is going to come from. And I frankly believe that for it to stick, it really is an ongoing process. You got to do some work and then keep doing the work and remember that your karma never takes a day off, whether you want to or not. Yeah. Uh, that, that, they keep coming whether you work or not. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so, so, so true. And, you know, that's, you know, coming back to what, what I mentioned at, at the beginning of our conversation here is that's really what this show is about is, is discovering those things in our life where may have been dark times, but seeds, something grew out of that. Whether we recognize it or not right now, whether we're using that or not, it's so easy to do push those dark times away and we can take those dark times and make something out of it as well. And I know even like my dark times and that's why that's my why of having the falling up radio show is to bring these ideas and to give hope to people because there, there is a way and it's really stories historically um, that have given hope to people. They used to sit around the campfire. Well, you know, I, I heard something somewhere. I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, Michael, I love telling stories. I love writing stories, but I'm not going to confess to having ever had an original thought. I just hear <laughs> things and pass it on to others. And I heard that logic makes us think, emotions make us act, but stories live in our hearts. Yeah. And that always stuck with me as something that's like, wow, that's powerful. Yeah. Remember those stories. That, that is. Now, let, let's jump right, right in. How yep. did, did any of this have an influence on you beginning to take a look at avatars and mind types? And how, how did that feed that? And how did that really get started? Well, so what happened was the, person, the journey in personal growth I found fascinating. And I quickly became cognizant of the fact that the money game is interesting but the people game is far broader and much more vast. And of course they're interconnected, abundance, happens, mindset, all those things go together. But I was blessed early on uh, to discover some great people and participate with some great people. For example, I was Jim Rohn's voice in Spanish. Mm. So Jim Rohn's books today are in my voice. So if you go buy a Jim Rohn book like The Seasons of Life or The Twelve Pillars or that sort yeah. of thing, then those are in so I was deeply immersed in the personal growth aspect of things early on and studying human beings. How does the mind work? What is prosperity consciousness? What do you have to do? And then getting really clear that when Jim Rohn said, happiness is an inside job, I got clear that almost everything is an inside job. 
Prosperity is an inside job. Good relationships are an inside job. Taking care of your health is an inside job. And so that could have stimulated um, the desire to study even more about the human condition and then to begin writing about it. And the majority of my books are all about that. I've written wow. five on emotional intelligence so far. Yeah. So how did that then lead into mind types? I mean, did it go straight into it? Was, was that an early development or is that more recent? How did that unfold? No, it started, when, you know, when this whole conversation, I wrote my first article about knowing your why in 1999. Wow. And so way back when. And that thing was all swirling around. Why are we here? And oh, by the way, why should the rest of the world care if they do? <laughs> and understanding that we have to figure that out and we have to figure out not only what is your driver, what is your essence or your nature, but also what does that mean? What is that, you know, so you now know it. Do you also know what's stopping you? What is your barrier? What is your gauge, which I now call a kryptonite? And so we start, started working on, again, very intently about nine years ago. And nine years ago, it's like, wait a second, what if we started doing field research? And in the process, I started my, one of the things that happens with my mind type, which we'll talk about a little bit later, is it's very easy for me to listen to someone else's information, capture it, and regurgitate it. Mm -hmm. So I made a promise to myself, I am not going to read other people's stuff in this topic, in this space. I'm not going to find out what does Myers-Briggs do? What does DISC do? What does the Enneagram do? What does predictive index do? What do all of these things do so that it doesn't taint my work until I feel like I'm much further along? So yeah. the research came about through case study after case study after case study after case study. It was all in the field talking to people and help th helping them figure out their avatar, which I still use that term in the business world, but avatar recently became very confusing. Oh, I've got a business avatar. I've got a client avatar. I've got a profile avatar. So that's why mind types is much more clear. So the mind type of someone represents that essence, the chip that is running everything that you do. And it evolved, so it evolved from your why to your avatar to your mind type, always a living, breathing thing. And I think that's super important because... Human beings are changing very quickly. We're evolving. Social media forces things. Technology forces things. If a body of thought is not evolving on a continuous basis to meet the new needs, to meet the way um, that, that we are changing as a species, then I think it gets stale and it gets old. And you see that in religions that are dying. You see that in other systems of thought where people are still saying the same thing that 75 years ago, whoever wrote that original treatise is saying, and that stuff is just going downhill. So for me, having an evolving body of work was super important, and that's how eventually we got to mind that. Well, that, that, that's really fascinating. I, um, not too long ago, when I say not too long ago, probably six months or a year ago, something like that is, I, I heard a minister talking about, um, you know, all the religious texts in the world. Mm -hmm. and how they were all written by people and written down, and it was their inspiration and revelation and ideas of, of what they did. And it was suggested that all that material is good, but write down your own ideas, inspirations, and revelations and see where that leads you rather than depending upon 
that outside um, inspiration from all the religious materials. Sure, of course. And I think that's exactly right. In fact, I read a, uh, a piece from the current leader of the Nichiren Buddhist sect around the world, of which I'm a member, who basically said, if that it's up to us, the new people, in other words, the people that aren't even around, it's up to us to continue evolving the philosophy, to continue paying attention to where is this taking us, as opposed to there's the book and what it says in the book is the law. <laughs> right. Right. Sorry, man, that just doesn't play anymore. We're way too fast with our thoughts. Our, we have to keep growing in all areas in order to stay relevant. Well, and, and I know I, I personally struggled in many ways with, with that idea, with that shiny object type almost, is where I would read somebody's book, and it may, may or may not have been any type of religious or spiritual book, but any type of thing, and, and I would take um, what they were saying as my only truth, right. if that makes sense, right? rather than going, okay, what is my truth? And I came to a place a number of years ago and asked myself that question, what is my truth? Not as what is your truth, but what is my truth? Right. And that shifted things, and it actually made me more open as well to other people's ideas. Sure, and it's empowering when you finally do that. When you finally take full responsibility, responsibility, the ability to respond to whatever is in front of us based on owning that, taking that power back for yourself and saying, hey, I am the captain of my ship. I am in charge here. I'm the director of this movie in which I happen to be the main actor as well. Yeah, 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 that's great. Well, let's talk about the mind types. I know there's sure. seven different, there's the avatars, the... Uh, uh, superpowers, the kryptonite, and, and these different things. Mm -hmm. and it's actually laid out relatively simple. That's one of the things I, I really like about um, what, what came out of, of all this. So can you share the listeners with the listeners what the mind type really is? Yeah, sure. So first of all, gen generally speaking, and by the way, you made a very astute comment because the, the commitment that I made to myself was if my philosophy, my methodology, this, this entire body of work, if it required a coach or an interpreter, it wasn't simple enough. It wasn't clean enough. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be intuitive so that someone could get it immediately. Oh, I'm this. I understand that. I understand what it means. I understand the power behind it. I understand the fatal flaw that I have, and I can work with that. Because at the end of the day, Michael, everybody wants to play to their strengths. Nobody wants to play to their weaknesses. So if you know what that is with absolute clarity, of course you're going to move forward much more quickly. So the mind type, your mind type is the chip that is running your brain. It's the way you view the world. It's the lens through which you see things. And it is completely created based on your experiences and your circumstances of emotional survival in this world. Now, what do I mean by that? These are very high-level listeners, so I want to go back to early, early on. So mm -hmm. let me ask you a question. When you were an infant and you wanted milk, Michael, what did you do? Um, well, I reached out for my mother. Right. Let's suppose you didn't have any milk and you wanted milk. What would you do? Uh, probably cry. Right. And then what happened when you cried? Um, I got attention. Correct. Somebody brought you the milk and all of a sudden yeah. there's an association that forms that says crying equals success. 
Yeah. So later that same night, you wake up in your crib, it's dark, you're lonely and scared. What do you do? Um, I would cry. Right. And what happened that time? Um, I got attention. Again. And the, the association gets stronger. Crying equals success. And from that point forward, every single time you needed anything, what did you do? Pout and cry. Exactly. Stop my, my little feet. That's exactly right. Until one day parents said, you know what, Michael, that crying thing is not going to work anymore. You are not going to be able to get everything you want by crying. And you still had wants and needs. So you had to try something else other than crying to get those wants and needs met. So, and the way it works is like this. You had a need, you tried something, it worked. Suddenly a tiny filament of belief is created in that moment. Then you have another need. You try something else, doesn't work. You discard that action. Try something different, doesn't work. You discard that action. Go back to that first thing that did work. Oh, it works again. And now another tiny filament of belief is created. And a single filament or two is not worth a whole heck of a lot. But imagine thousands and thousands of filaments of belief wrapped around each other to form a massive cable, which in this case happens to be your belief system. Which is the neural pathways, right? That's right. And it's not going to change in this incarnation at all. So for everybody that is listening to us right now, when you figure out your mind type, the great news about it is it's with you forever. So based on the experiences that we have, we went through that process of figuring out how to emotionally survive. For the infant, milk or no milk is life or death. Being comforted when you're scared or not is life or death. So the the depth to which we're talking of brain biology is tremendous here. So let me just walk through the seven. I'll quickly walk through and I would invite people that are listening to just trust your intuition, what feels right. And again, as mentioned, we will give you a way in which you can figure out your mind type before we end today. So mind type number one, the giver, the person who loves to contribute, add value, make a difference for others. Causes is their superpower. Overcommitment from doing too much and saying yes to too many things is their kryptonite. All right, number two, the connector. The connector is the person for whom bonds and relationships are everything. They just love to create that safe space for others. Their superpower is trust. Their kryptonite is waste because they do the extra, the extra, the extra, the extra, the extra, the extra to be trusted, and they waste a lot of time and resources that could be going to other things. Number three, the problem solver. That's me. I'm a problem solver. Uh, Problem solver is the person that makes sense out of things, clarifies things, simplifies things, very quickly processes information and data, and comes up with solutions, which is their superpower. Their kryptonite is paralysis. When they don't have enough data, Michael, they get the dumb look. Yep. And they freeze. And yep. their mind I can get that anymore. look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they need more data to fire up that processing brain. Number four, the innovator. The innovator is the person who is always looking for a better way, constantly asking, well, what about this? What about that? How about this? What if we try that? The innovator's superpower is improvements and their kryptonite is change for change's sake. They want to make everything better, so they'll change things even if they shouldn't be changed. Hmm. Number five, the perfectionist, the person that understands that if you do A, B, C, and D, E is predictable. They eliminate chaos. 
They restore order. Their superpower is systems. They put them in place and they operate them. Their kryptonite, however, is rigidity. They want everything to be organized and therefore sometimes they get a little too stuck in their ways. Yep. All right. <laughs> Number six is the rebel, the person that thinks differently and lives outside the box. They challenge the status quo. They challenge the norm. They challenge convention. Their superpower is to challenge things. Their kryptonite is isolation because as they challenge everything and everybody, people can push them away or they might push themselves away because they're so different than everybody else. And lastly, the master. The master is the person who always wants to take things to another level. They love learning for the sheer sake of absorbing knowledge. Their superpower is depth. Sometimes, however, they have a tendency to com complicate things and their kryptonite is complexity. So mm. those are the seven different mind types along with their superpowers and kryptonites. Well, then that's, um, um, I, I would say fascinating to say the least. And as you're going through those, and even, even though I've seen those before, I'm sitting there thinking, well, I'm all of those. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can see different parts of myself in each one of those. So how do I really discover, is there like a primary and maybe a secondary mind of type? Course. Of course. And the way to explain that is your primary mind type is the one you default to at all times when you're not paying attention, when you're not actively thinking about it. I can take on the superpower of the rebel and challenge something. And I hope I would, if somebody's trying to hurt my family, I hope I'd put that superpower right on right away, like a cape and charge in there and challenge whatever's going on. But the minute that I stop focusing on it, I will default back to being a problem solver. I will mm -hmm. then go right back to making sense out of things. So mm -hmm. my secondary, for instance, is the giver. I love to give to people. I love to contribute. I love to have an impact in the world. I'm a spiritual leader. I do a lot of things to make a difference for others, but only if they make sense. I don't give unless it makes sense. I have to, it has to go through the filter of my primary mind type in order for me to participate. So yes, we all have a primary, we have a secondary, but there is one that is your default setting. That's the one you're going to go to over and over and over, and it won't change in this lifetime, no matter how schizophrenic you may feel. Okay. So how does somebody or myself figure out which mind type I am? Well, the easiest way for sure is to go to mindtypes.com forward slash falling up, all lowercase, and yep. take the quiz that will determine your mind type. That is the easiest way. But if yeah. we wanted to talk a little bit more deeply, I could invite you to tell me a story. And behind this, the, the, the essence of that story, the driver of that story will reveal your mind type. So if you want, just for the listeners, we could go through that process. Though for everybody else, I would recommend go to mindtypes.com forward slash falling up. And that way you can get your mind type discovered the easy way, the fun way <laughs> the quiz that is there. Yeah, yeah. Right, you want to go through it? Yeah, I, again, I, I hope you, uh, you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, you know, the, the listeners here, if you're not taking notes, maybe rewind about five <laughs> or ten minutes to where Ridgely started talking about the mind types and, and take some notes, but then come back and, and um, um, we'll tell you where, where to go to 
take your free quiz at, at the end again or someplace in here as well. Um, but yeah, I want to go through that. So how can All you right, help so everybody? Everybody that's now listening or watching is on my team. Michael, just had to let, to let you know that we, you are outnumbered, brother. Oh. So people that are listening and watching, I want you to listen not to exactly what Michael is saying, but to what's driving the story. What is behind the story? Stories live in our hearts, as we talked about earlier. And there's a reason why Michael felt a particular way in the story that I'm going to ask him to share. See if you can trust your intuition to feel which of the mind types most fits Michael based on the story he's going to tell us. So here's the question. Tell us a story about something that happened to you with another person, a specific interaction that you had with somebody else that made you feel successful or great. Oh, wow. Um, well, one of them was recently in this past spring that, that I can think of particular and several people really helped me feel successful. And that was, I was, our, our mutual friend, Gail Kingsbury was bringing Les Brown to town. Mm -hmm. And um, I had met Les a, a number of years ago. I didn't know him real well, but had, had met him a number of years ago. And, you know, I, I mentioned to Gail, I said, is there something that I can do to help out? Do you want me to pick him up? Do you want me to take him to the, the tower? Or, uh, what do you want me to do to, to help out? And she says, oh, no, you're not going to do any of that. She says, I'm putting you on stage with him. I went, you're putting me on, on stage with Les? And she said, absolutely. She says, in matter of fact, I think you'll, you'll probably be the opening speaker and really kick everything off. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm in. Uh -huh, you know, I bet, man. Like, I, I really felt like this person, Gail, gave me um, a lot of inspiration and it gave me a lot of self-confidence uh, to do that. And I knew exactly what I was going to talk about even then. You know, even though it was a few months before him being here, I knew exactly what I was going to talk about. So what about the fact that Gail gave you that responsibility made you feel successful? Well, I, I, I think what, what I felt is that sometimes, you know, just because of who I am, there's times where I don't think I'm good enough. And I, I could give, this would be a whole nother podcast. I can get deep into that. But there are times where, where I felt like I wasn't good enough. And so I felt that I am good enough. I'm getting up on stage and I'm going to speak and I'm going to speak about my, my topic and people want to hear what, what I'm saying. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. People wanted to listen to what I'm saying. And afterwards too, Gail and the audience, I mean, it was a really great, you know, talk that, that I gave and um, I felt really good inside about what I said and, and I felt really good about what the, the listeners and, and the audience receive from, from what I said as well. Yeah, and why was that important to you? Um, the, why is that important? Now you, now you sound like a psychiatrist or a therapist or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to come back to the self-esteem because 
again, I, I, especially as a child, I suffered so much from low self-esteem because of an accident I was in and I didn't feel good enough and a, a lot of that. And um, that feeling good enough um, or better than good enough is, you know, been something that, that I've worked with really my, my whole life. Right, right. And acknowledging and taking a look at the successes that, that I've had in my life and all the great things that, that have happened over the years. But at the same time, you know, that there's that memory of those struggles mm -hmm. that I've had here, but then still being able to, I mean, like I heard you say a little while ago, those neuron pathways are there, but if you know your mind type, you can still act anywhere. So right. I felt like by still acting anyway, by still getting up there on stage, by still being able to d deliver my message to the audience, that I was overcoming or I was letting go of that, that low self-esteem part of me that, that's over here. So I felt yeah. like I had accomplished something. I had spoken with one of the greatest speakers in the world. Mm -hmm. And um, since then, we, we've become... Uh, much better friends and have had a number of, of conversations and um, I actually even I interviewed him on on here as well we, we did a episode with, with Les on here that was just fabulous you know so, so let me ask you a question do you feel successful when you build relationships that are based in trust yes yeah and would it be fair to say that somebody violates that trust and it's like a sucker punch in the stomach um, it, it, that, that's a great question. I've certainly have had those moments where that has happened. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've also come to the place to where I've separated somebody else's sucker punch. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with me. It's their sucker punch. They can right. sucker punch all they want, but right. I'm not going to let it work. That's the result of a lot of work. But at the end of the day, this is where you show up. You show up to build trust. Think about the show that you're doing. It is all about building relationships and bonds with other people and sharing those bonds with the world. Trust is everything to Michael. That's what you do. You create trust, you build trust, you grow trust. You were trusted by Gail, and then you had to trust yourself to speak on the stage as one of the greatest speakers of all time and a very close friend of mine also. Yeah. And love that guy, he's awesome. Yeah. And, and this is you, this is who you are, this is where you play, this is how you show up. And a lot of times you do so much for others. Like I look at the pages that you create for all of the authors and speakers and luminaries that you have on the Falling Up radio show, it's so much extra, extra, extra because that's what the connector does. That is who you are. It's all about trust. And what you'll find is that over the, uh, over the course of the next couple of days, you'll have these massive realizations like light bulbs going, shoo, 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 shoo. oh, that's why this situation bothered me. That person made a commitment they didn't honor. Oh, that's why this hurt over here. This person lied. Oh, that's what happened on that situation. That person absolutely was in left field about telling stories and fabricating things. They'll come to you over and over and be like, yeah, that's because I am a connector and trust is super important to me. Wow. See, I would not have picked that one, I don't think. 
Nope. That's what happens because what's, oftentimes we are, what, what we like is we like to think of ourselves as, oh, I want to be an innovator. So that's what I'm going to pick for myself. I do things differently. I do whatever. And a lot of times what happens is this, the, the primary is hidden behind how you try to show up in the world. So you're a very innovative guy. You like to do things you think outside the box, like to come up with new kinds of ideas or whatever. I would say innovator is very strong for you as either a secondary or a tertiary mind type. Mm. But what's really driving the essence, the reason you take so much time, the reason you're so thorough, the reason your communication skills are excellent, Michael, your, your email sequences, everything I've seen from you was, this is a guy who does what he says he's going to do. He makes a commitment. He honors it. He shows up on time. He does extra. That is a connector. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Super yeah. Cool, I, right? I, I definitely want to learn more about that. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I mean, and much of that makes sense with what you're saying. And I'm connecting with it. And I can also see where, where I probably hide that away a little bit. I don't know if that's a word you use, but something like that. But I can see where I'd hide that away a little bit. Of course, it happens a lot. I mean, I remember I was doing a workshop for a big company in Boston, Massachusetts, and there was a woman who every single quarter was the number one salesperson in the company. And so, of course, everybody thought that she was an innovator that, had, that was constantly improving herself and always found better ways of selling. And I just wasn't buying it. So I just probing and probing and probing. And all of a sudden, this woman starts heaving, crying. <laughs> this kind of like this going through almost a conniption breakdown, right? And I'm looking at the CEO of the company and I'm thinking to myself, I'm sure he's really happy with me messing with his number one salesperson, right? And it was because underneath it all, she was determined to be trusted. And if there was a quota, she was going to hit it no matter what. And she was a connector also. And... When I happened, to, when I, her name was Megan, by the way, I, I went and found out what her name was. And when uh, Megan understood herself, suddenly she was on cloud nine. The rest of the day was like, oh my God, I can't believe what you did for me. Da -da 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 -da. Now, she still was the number one salesperson for years because she had to be trusted. But now she understood where that drive was coming from and didn't have to suffer because of it. Instead, she got a chance to enjoy it. Wow, I am that person. If I say I'm going to do something, if I say I'm going to hit a quota, I hit a quota. I saw that behavior in everything that we've done leading up to this very show. The way you prepare, the way you do research, the way you communicate, all of that was a person of supreme trust showing up and making sure that those around you felt that way, which I'm sure is why Gail wanted to put you on a stage with Les Brown. Yeah. Wow. So there you have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, want, I want to learn more about that. Yeah. To, to dive into that. Now that's on the website, yep. mindtypes.com, uh, falling up. Yep. Yeah. And by, by the way, I'm, I'm honored that um, you set that up for the, the listeners and, and myself to, to access and to have that free quiz and everything else to find the, the mind type. Again, maybe that's my connector part. Maybe that's my connector talking. Of course, man. <laughs> what will happen is, so uh, I have a couple of new friends. I met at a mastermind a couple of months ago. No, not even a month ago, a month ago. And uh, a couple. 
And the two of them are like, oh my gosh, I see this in this person every single day. So they said, <laughs> I had a conversation with them yesterday afternoon. They said, Ridgely, your mind type thing is haunting us. I said, what do you mean it's haunting? They said, well, it's haunting us in a good way because we understand each other so much better now. I know where you're coming from. I know what drives your behavior. You know that I'm a problem solver, which means I have to make sense out of things or I cannot be, I, I go nuts, I can't be there. So now you know where I'm coming from. Imagine every single person that's listening or watching uh, this podcast, imagine that you knew the mind type of every single person in your family, that everybody went to mindtypes.com forward slash falling up, and they figured out each other's mind types. And you now knew how to communicate back and forth in a much more powerful way. You understand each other so much better. You know what your kryptonite is, your challenge. And that means that family members that love each other can help that person in that moment or colleagues at work or any organizational dynamic. The ability for people to understand each other's mind types is huge. Yeah. So, so whether it's work or you said family or relationships. So me diving in and learning more about being the connector I'm going to be able to use like more, for instance, like getting on stage and talking and knowing that I'm a connector. I can use those attributes to perhaps better connect with the audience, strengthen that connection. Um, you know, then what's going through my head is helping them have the optimal experience that they want as somebody sitting in the audience. Is, is that what you're talking about, is about how to use this? Well, for sure, but it's also about, now, for example, I know something about you. I know that if I make a commitment to you and I don't honor it, it's personal. Mm. And that if I care about you as a human being and a friend, which I do, then mm. I need to honor my commitments. Whereas mm -hmm. somebody makes a commitment to me and they don't honor it, I just go like, well, that's pretty lame, what a knucklehead, and I just yeah. blow it right off. Yep. But I live with, a, my wife is a connector, so I live with a connector, and I know I got to honor commitments all the time because otherwise it's personal. It hurts. Yep. So I know something profound about you. I know if I wanted to be super ninja, <laughs> and I had a favor to ask of you, then what I could do is use connector communication keywords to make that request and I'll do it right now and you'll see it and it's like kind of ridiculous you're going to feel yourself inside go well whoa. <laughs> so if I needed a favor from you I would say something like this I would say Michael I got this issue and you are so reliable and dependable and I can always count on you to to, to give me the right answer about things I know I'm going to trust what you have to say would you mind discussing it with me? I'd love to. Yeah, of yeah. course, because I just use <laughs> five I communication yeah. keywords that hit yeah. you. Reliable, dependable, trust, count on. Those are all keywords specific to the connector. The keywords for the master would be different. The keywords for the rebel would be different. So not only is it about knowing yourself, it's about communicating better with others. The golden rule says, do unto others as you would have done unto you. The mind type rule says, do unto others as they would have done unto them. In other words, speak to them in their language. Most of us speak to everybody in our language. 
I would much rather speak to people in their language if I'm looking to connect on a more profound level with them. Yeah, I mean, so certainly that's true. I mean, you speak Spanish too. I so do. if you're speaking to a Spanish person in English and they don't understand any English, they're not going to hear you. That's correct. If I say agape mu, what does that mean to you? I have no idea. Right. It's I love Godly you. Goop. It's, it is I love you in Greek. And if you don't speak Greek, you're not going to understand agape mu, even though I say it with all the sincerity in my heart. It doesn't matter. I love you, Michael. Now you get it. And it's in English. And we can love each other and move forward. But if I say agape mu, you don't get it. So think of all the people listening and watching, how many of us are walking around communicating to others in a language that only belongs to us and not paying attention to what those people need to feel great about that connection, to feel good about who we are. So, so let, me, let me ask you something that, that's coming up. I have lots of things that are coming up about it. Uh, and we probably won't be able to get to, to all of them today. But let's say I know my mind type, and I know the different mind types pretty well. But let's say I'm working with somebody, or I have a friend or a relationship. And they have no idea about the mind types at all. Mm -hmm. How do I best ascertain what they are to be able to speak in that language, even though they may not know their mind type? Sure. So that's not an easy thing to do. It's a doable thing. You just need to learn, uh, number one, get, get very familiar with the mind types, be, be, begin to trust the intuition that you have, and then know how to do it. Because there's an exercise, the exercise that I took you to, through where I said, Tell, tell us a story about something that made you feel successful or great. Mm -hmm. Well, I can do that with anyone. If I'm in a sales situation, I could do the same thing by saying, we're about to do some business together. Tell me what would look like a complete home run for you. Yep. What about that looks like a home run? Why is that so important? And by the end of those three questions with a little bit of practice, I know what their mind type is. And I begin to speak to them in communication keywords for that mind type. Okay. So there, there is a way to ascertain it. It's ridiculously powerful. When, yeah. I, when I'm having a conversation, a sales conversation, a big CEO or something that I'm looking to sell a package to their corporation to help them with their mind types, not only will I figure out their mind types, as soon as I know their mind type, every email that I write in communication with that person is going to use communication keywords for their mind type. Mm. Yeah. And then if, if you ascertain somebody's a rebel and you start talking to them in a rebel language and are using those words, but maybe they're not quite responding in the way that you think a typical rebel should uh, respond, maybe you actually discover they're a master. Do you ever like do that? Sure. Sometimes I make mistakes. It yeah. doesn't happen very often anymore, <laughs> but, but it does happen. I'll get something wrong. Yeah. And then here's the good news. If I, if I say, hey, Bob, and I'm looking at you. Hey, Fred, and I'm looking at you. Hey, Tom, and I'm looking at you. Hey, you're not going to respond to any of them. But the moment I say, hey, Michael, your life responds immediately. So yeah. even if I make mistakes early on, once I get to the right mind type, the life of that person will respond immediately and it won't matter that I was using other words ahead of time, just like my saying, Bob, Fred, whoever, before I come to Mike. Yeah, makes sense. And let me ask you, um, 
this is a, a one of the another my, one of my many qu questions originally is of the seven mind types are any of them gender prominent like are there more male masters and more female connectors or how does you that look not really i mean certainly what one could make the following argument that givers and connectors that are emotionally based mm -hmm. are going to have more women in them than men percentage-wise. Yeah. Yeah. These three, the problem solver, innovator, and perfectionist are more analytically based. So more yeah. analytically based are likely to have more men in them. The rebel is the outlier, right? The one that thinks outside the box. So we'll put them equal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the master is a specialist. It's a very specialized situation. So um, to the extent that, that perhaps there is more access to men for specialization at this point, sadly, I don't agree with that at all, there are probably more male masters than female. Yeah, wow. Okay. Um, I said, <laughs> I wanna find out more. And if you're listening and you wanna find out more too, um, you know, jump in, uh, mindbodies.com forward slash falling up again. If you're listening to this versus watching it, we'll make sure that all these links are on Ridgely's uh, episode page as well. So you can just go in there anytime. And you can also share with your friends or family if you're really liking it or when you really like it, share with your friends, share with, with other people too. And I'd, love to, I'd love to say the following. I'd love to say the following, Michael. For every spouse that is on this podcast or listens to this podcast, <laughs> you and I both know that you want to know the mind type and especially the kryptonite <laughs> of your spouse. You know you do. So put your spouse through the mind types uh, quiz at mindtypes.com forward slash polling up, and you'll find out their mind type. <laughs> Yeah. I know you want to know. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're really bumping up against our time today. And um, there is more that I wanted to talk about. And we just don't have enough time to, to talk about it all. But I wanted to come back a, a little bit to the, the idea of the, the falling down kind of stuff, the challenges. And and I'm, I'm really fascinated about your story as a child and uh, becoming a, a writer, essentially, as, as a result of uh, the, the physical abuse that happened and how that really um, inspired and affected your, your, your whole life mm -hmm. through, the, through the years and um, how regardless of that situation, you were able to, to take that situation in the dark and use that seed, so to speak, and grow and find the light and to be able to help and serve and to, to give it to others. So big kudos to you for Thank who you, you are and, and what you do and, and, and how you've really taken your life as, as a way of service and, and helping others. Because I know that there's a lot more in there that, that we haven't even touched you know whether it's money mindsets you know and and all that and um i know yeah wealth kryptonite there you go there's your book and, and we'll get the your books up as well um and i know at one point too you you have something like 
450,000 bucks and a bunch of domain names that went belly up. Yeah. And, uh, so you've, you've been there, you've done that. Um, you, you know what it's like to, to hit up against those challenges, but still, again, like I, I mentioned a, a moment ago is to real serving the world and helping others and helping others with, with the mind type and, and all the different people that you help with the avatar and the superpower and discovering their kryptonite, which to me is really helping people have a better life. So yeah, no, thank good. you for saying that. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I find that in helping others to get up, you get up yourself, right? You, the, 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 when you're walking down the pathway in the middle of the night in the dark and you're shining a light, you're shining it for everybody that's walking with you. Yeah. And so I try to the fullest extent possible to wherever we can, leading a life of service, leading a life of, of joy, of giving, of whatever, it just pays off in such yeah. magnificent ways. So I'm never stopping, man. And I'd be happy to come <laughs> back and talk about it some more and yeah. do whatever we need to do to serve some more people, Michael. Yeah. Well, and then that's true in so many spiritual traditions and Buddhism, Christianity, Judaism, whatever it might be, that helping and serving others is really one of the highest ideals we can live by. That's right. Exactly right. Yeah. So I, I, I learned a lot today from you and a little bit more about who you are and where you came from and, and what you went through and the mind types. Again, I'm, I'm going to jump right, right into that even deeper now and discover more because um, I want to learn more about the, the connector idea. And I want to also learn my secondary um, mind type as, as well and to be able to understand that and begin to do that too in the, the way that I come into the world and the way that I serve the world and, and help others and run my business and my relationships and everything else. So uh, huge gratitude and, and uh, to you for taking the, your time today. You're, you're, uh, I know you have a busy schedule and to be, be able to be here. So I, you're appreciated. Well, my, my pleasure, man, sending you and everybody else out there a huge hug and lots of love and light to everyone. And uh, hopefully discovering your mind type will be as revealing and magical for you as it has been for me. Yeah. And again, regardless of where, where you're listening, Apple, Stitcher, iHeart, or um, YouTube, or, or right on the website, especially if you're, you're listening to this on one of the audio podcasts, go to fallingupradio.com and go to Ridgely's page to his episode and you'll find out more information about him and we um, put up some really fun pictures up, up there. Of, yes, you did. Of, <laughs> of his life and all of the, the links will be there and the MindType link will be there. Again, it's mindtypes.com forward slash falling up. That will be on there. And if you want to get a hold of Ridgely directly as well, there'll be information there about how to do that. And again, be sure to share this episode with your friends. You know, send it to them in a text, send it to them in an email, put it on your Facebook page or whatever, but, but share this with, with your friends and um, discover your mind type and perhaps discover your friends and coworkers' mind types as well. So in, in, in closing, uh, Ridgely, again, thank you for being here. Any final thoughts or ideas for the listener today? Yeah, a life of supreme victory, supreme prosperity, supreme 
magnificence is a life where someone learns to maximize their superpower and minimize their kryptonite. If you can play to your strength and understand how to manage any challenge that you have, there's no stopping what you can do. So I would again encourage you, as Michael suggested, go to mindtypes.com forward slash falling up and figure that out for yourself. It is a tremendous tool that will deeply help you. And I wish you the very, very best on your journey. Yeah. Again, thank, thank you, Ridgely, for being here today, take, take, taking your time today. You're appreciated. And, and as a connector, I'm, I'm glad that we, we connected uh, this past summer uh, through another connector. That's right. <laughs> uh, I, I look forward to, to learning much more about mind types and some of these other things as well and uh, diving into some of your books too. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Have a remarkable day. Hold on for a moment for the other side.